Africa Calling, a bi-monthly podcast with sound-rich reports from our correspondents on the continent. African Voices reporting on African stories produced by Radio France International. Hello and welcome to our Season 2, Episode 23 of the Africa Calling Podcast on August 5th, 2022. I'm Laura Angela Bagnetto. This is our last podcast of the season and we're here for an exceptional edition, the Kenya Election Special. This podcast is brought to you jointly by Radio France International's English and Swahili service based in Nairobi, Kenya. We're taking an in-depth look into the elections with RFI Kiswahili editors Emmanuel Makundi and Victor Abuso, who give us a bird's-eye view on the various issues in voters' minds when they go to the ballot box on August 9th. While the political big cats are in Nairobi, what do farmers think about the upcoming elections? Our correspondent travels far and wide to find out what they want in the rural areas. And we'll hear from artists in Kibera, a large, poor, informal housing zone in the Nairobi area, to find out what they're doing to prevent the violence that swept through the neighborhood in the last two elections. And finally, don't forget our special song at the end. In Kenya, registered voters will go to the ballot box to pick their president and parliamentary representatives next week on August 9th. This year's presidential contest looks like a fight between two powerhouses, Deputy President William Ruto, who's 55, and 77-year-old Ryla Odinga, a veteran politician and former prime minister. However, two other candidates have stepped into the race to replace President Uhuru Kenyatta, who must stand down after serving the maximum of two five-year terms. Ruto had been Kenyatta's first choice as successor, but times have changed, and Odinga forged an alliance with the outgoing president in 2018. The Kenyatta and Odinga families have dominated Kenyan politics since independence in 1963. Are would-be voters staying away? How do Kenyans view the election? We're giving you a preview of some of voters' concerns as we go to Nairobi to speak to RFI's Kiswahili service. Editors Emmanuel Makundi and Victor Abuso give us an idea of what to expect on August 9th. Nam hujambo msikilizaji wa RFI idhaa ya Kiingereza karibu kwenye kipindi cha Africa Calling kutoka hapa Nairobi nchini Kenya ni kipindi maalum kabisa special program Victor Abuso kabisa kabisa na tuko hapa kuainisha mambo kwa lugha ya Kiingereza bwana asante <laughs> moja moja kwa moja Victor uh, we uh, we know that Kenya is heading uh, to the election uh, this August. What are the main issues the front runners Raila Odinga and William Ruto are promising Kenyans? Well, thank you very much Mr. Makundi. Uh, there are so many things that uh, the two candidates are offering to Kenyans, but uh, the main one thing that they have been talking all through their campaigns in uh, months now is all about uh, everybody's plan to uh, change the economy of the country, uh, specifically targeting the young people, uh, young women, and uh, the youths uh, who are at a disadvantage, as we speak now. Uh, when we talk about um, Raila Odinga, he has been saying that uh, if he comes, if he becomes president, uh, he, his government will um, introduce a program a social program that uh, will fund the poorest of the people in this country and giving them 6000 Kenya shillings uh, every month that's around uh, 60 dollars uh, for ruto he's uh, saying that uh, he want to change the economic model of this country and is calling it the bottom up 
he wants to focus more uh, on the people, the young people who are riding uh, motorcycles in the cities here in East Africa. We call, we call them um, Buddha Buddhas. Uh, but also he has been saying that uh, he wants to empower uh, women uh, who are selling uh, vegetables and uh, he will uh, his government if he wins he his government will uh, set aside uh, a certain a certain amount of money in Kenyan shillings for them to borrow so those are the, the, the this that's the main issue that the two candidates are talking about uh, during this campaign uh, this election uh, as it labored that uh, it's a, a two race horse uh, uh, campaign and and election uh, what about the other two candidates when that we understand that uh, there are two more candidates George Wajakoya uh, they they call him in Kenya Ganjaman and also David More Yes, you're right. Uh, if we go by the opinion polls that have been uh, uh, produced in recent times, uh, show that uh, if elections are called today, Orelo uh, Dinga and William Ruto will, will really square, square it out. Uh, but talking about George Wajakoya, he has been the talk of the town uh, in recent times because uh, of what he wants to do. He has been saying that uh, he wants to legalize bank farming and smoking in Kenya uh, for the main reason that uh, he wants the bank to be uh, to. to uh, to transform Marijuana it, to yeah. legalized. yes, will be legalized, yes. uh, so that it can be sold outside the country, uh, and the money that uh, will be um, from Barjuana will be used to pay debt. Uh, David Moure on his side uh, is a newcomer, not known to many people. Uh, he's saying that uh, he would like to fight corruption, and uh, just to say something that uh, is very very important is that uh, uh, there is a. Uh, a feeling that uh, Jojo Yakoya might surprise uh, mm. Kenyans during this election because uh, he's more uh, resonating well with the young people uh, and uh, people are saying that uh, he's giving uh, real-time solutions to the problems that Kenyans are facing. That's quite interesting and we'll see what, what will happen uh, during the elections. And, and then, Victor, how is the Electoral Commission prepared to ensure the August polls are free and fair? Well, the ABC is saying that it is prepared to ensure that the election is free and fair. Uh, uh, that's the question that everybody is asking. You know, the ABC has had uh, 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 not, not trustable uh, for the many, many uh, years now. You remember in 2013, uh, uh, the opposition did not accept the results. And in 2014, uh, the then opposition leader, who is still the opposition leader today, went to the Supreme Court and the elections were nullified. Uh, and therefore, uh, with that uh, assurance, now the question is, how safe are the ballot papers? How safe are uh, the results that will be transmitted electronically? Remember that in Kenya, people vote manually, yeah. but the tallying and the tabulation of votes is done electronically. And now here comes the issue of network. Is the country covered properly with uh, 3G, and 3G, 3G and 4G? That's the question that... Uh, Kenyans are asking and even the politicians are asking. So uh, the ABC is saying that it is ready but uh, uh, time will tell but also another issue that uh, uh, is being discussed is the use of the electronic register or the manual register. That's the hard question. That's the hard question, the elephant in the room. Exactly. Uh, Victor, we understand that uh, uh, Kenya elections are always uh, tense. What makes uh, this year election different from the other elections? 
Well, I think uh, if you listen uh, to politicians, especially the ones that uh, are vying for the presidency, one message that is going through is, uh, is going across is that uh, they want peace. Um, Ruto has said that uh, if he loses the election, he will accept the same uh, the, the same sentiments have been. Uh, uh, quoted by Raila Odinga, who this, this, these are the two uh, candidates. In Kenya, the problem is not the voting. The problem comes when the results are announced. After the vote. After the vote. One party says that I don't trust how the results are being transmitted and uh, we fear there is some rigging taking place. But I think with... Um, with what happened in 20, uh, 2007 and 2013, I think no one wants to go back to uh, fighting. Uh, and I want to believe that uh, this election, people are putting the country first from the conversation that we have been hearing from the campaigns all over the country. And uh, this is what is making this election different from the other. Before the election, the candidates are saying, we want a united country. We don't want to go back where we, we were uh, several years ago. So with those sentiments, people are getting confidence with the politicians that this time around, people won't fight. Whoever we lose, we'll accept and uh, uh, most probably have a handshake between the two candidates. Like uh, Raila and Uhuru. They, uh, they uh, did in 2018. Winding up uh, our discussion, uh, Victor, uh, this year... Uh, IBC, the, that's the Electoral Commission, has put out that uh, the number of registered voters who are youth, it's quite worrying because it is not the large number that they expected, as they expected uh, before. W why is this? Well, that is very true, and uh, it's something that surprised a lot of people. Uh, if you look at the statistics of the, uh, of the voters this time around, even though there was an increase of the people who went to register. But uh, the population between uh, 18 and 35 was so low. And uh, the Electoral Commission said that it's because uh, the young people in this country feel that uh, uh, because of the economic hardships that they're going through, but also widespread corruption among politicians, uh, as experienced in the last five years, they don't trust that if they cast their votes, there are those who say that even if they vote, their vote will not count. Uh, maybe election will be stolen, so there's no need for them to go and vote. The other ones are saying that... Or uh, probably the winner is known. Yes, that's another issue. That even if you go and vote, uh, the win is already arranged. Uh, Mr. So-and-so will be declared the winner. But uh, a larger population of the youth says that... Uh, Politicians have not been saying the truth. They promised them jobs, as the, the, the current politicians are doing. You have heard Raila and Ruto say that they create uh, millions of jobs. But when they go to, uh, they, they get the power, they don't do that. So those are the reasons why uh, I feel that uh, the young people this time around didn't come out in large numbers uh, to come and vote. And um, the politicians have been saying that uh, all they're doing is for the young people. The economic revolution they want to bring in this country, in Kenya, is to target the young people to make them rich, if I can allow, I can be allowed to use that term. Uh, but we shall wait and see. Uh, it means that uh, we shall uh, probably see people between the ages of 36 
and around 80 or 90 going to vote on 9th of August and then people will be left out uh, in this election that is something that uh, to watch out absolutely. during this election absolutely and uh, we shall be out there uh, probably with um, Laura Angela Banyeto in Nairobi to see what happens Victor Buso asante sana thank you so much asante sana that was RFI's Kiswahili editors Victor Abuso and Emmanuel Makundi This podcast was produced in conjunction with the Kiswahili service. Find us on your favorite podcast platform app including iTunes, Spotify, and Google Podcasts. As Kenya prepares for general elections on August 9th, farmers in the rural areas complain that they have not seen the fruits of elections in the past. The high cost of production, high farm input prices and climate change have heavily affected the agriculture sector despite politicians promising to strengthen it. Our correspondent Victor Maturi reports from Kiambu County, Kenya. Political campaigns are gaining momentum in Kenya, and every politician is giving his promises to people. Agriculture and food production is the main talk during political gathering. Those vying for the presidency have read their manifestos full of promises. Some pledges include education, security and technology, while agriculture is being given priority by a large percentage of politicians. Here is Raila Odinga, a presidential candidate. We will promote agriculture in large scale and we will also introduce smart agriculture so that our farmers can be able to get value for their efforts. We will subsidize our agriculture by providing farm inputs, providing seeds, providing fertilizers and chemicals at subsidized price effective from october this year a bag of fertilizer will cost not more than 2000 shillings from 6000 shillings currently we will want to ensure that our farmers can work when they are happy we kutoka lafe elwak wargadud bambo mpakaramo tunajenga ni kweli ama si kweli and William Ruto is promising to transform Kenya's economic challenges which requires immediate attention with a focus on agriculture the sector which will boost economic recovery however farmers are saying nothing has changed since politicians don't fulfill their promises in the agricultural sector according to farmers farm input prices have been skyrocketing each year leading to high food prices in Inderu village on the outskirts of Lemuru town, Mungai Njoroge is a well-known small-scale farmer. We find him attending to his farm. Njoroge says he is tired of the promises made by politicians as the agriculture sector continues to suffer in Kenya. I have never seen those promises fulfilled. What farmers want, they never get. As for the agriculture sector in the past there were agricultural officers walking around the fields but nowadays they are nowhere to be seen so when the politicians say they'll help the farmers first let them give the farmers experts to train them when the politicians say they will do this and that mostly those promises do not come through sometimes farmers are given farm inputs yet they don't know how to use them which ends up not helping them at all. Unakuta hiyo vitu wakati mwingine inakuwa ni kama haisaidii kabisa. In every election season, the agricultural sector has been used by politicians to urge people to elect them. Mungai points out that some of the already initiated agriculture projects such as dams and irrigation projects have stalled 
which has led to farmers incurring huge losses. At the moment the fields are green, but mostly these areas are very dry. And if farmers can be helped to get small loans to construct ponds or tanks, that could help save a lot of water. There are some areas where the government dug dams, but they did it in the wrong places, and farmers are complaining a lot because these projects are not helping them. They were dug at sites where there's no water. For us small-scale farmers, if we can be provided with dam liners, they could help us a lot. For large-scale farmers, big dams will be a great help. Most farmers in Kenya depend heavily on the agriculture sector as a source of income. Jen Kavue, another small-scale farmer at Tiekunu village within Kiambu County, plants vegetables, potatoes, maize, beans and fruits. Kavue says at least the previous county government tried to help farmers. Okay, kwa wakati usijafaidika, but wakati ule mwingine, wakati wakabogo, tutisaidika sana. I haven't received any help for the moment. But during the last county government regime, under Governor Kabogo, they were very helpful. I remember farmers were given livestock free of charge. There was a time when each farmer in this village received 10 chicks. Women's groups were given goats. My group was given 40 goats. But for the last five years, we haven't seen any help. They promised us seeds, fertilizers, but all in vain. And if they brought the seeds, they gave us the wrong ones, unfit for this kind of soil. We haven't had the chance to talk to these politicians and tell them that the seeds they give us are not of good quality. In Kenya, the agriculture sector makes for 65% of national exports and 70% of employment in the rural areas. It provides a livelihood to approximately 85% of Kenyans. Kavue says non-governmental organizations have played a major role by visiting farms and advising farmers compared to government agriculture officers. NGOs like BioVision Trust and Trees for the Future have helped us so much. They've come to teach us on the farms and, and we've been relying so much on them. We don't see the government officials at all and we don't even know them. Officials wa serikali atuwapati, kabisa atuwajui. This will mark the official unveiling of the food manifesto. I'd also like to tell you all that you will have a copy. Last month, the Rated Food Coalition, a lobby group that brings together 12 civil society organizations, had launched a food manifesto which had policy proposals for political parties and leaders to adopt on their platforms. Dr. Elizabeth Mungai Murage, a senior research scientist and a leader of the Nutrition and Food System Unit at African Population and Health Research Center, says the political class should critically think about how to boost food security in Kenya. We ask that political leaders include the agenda of food in their political manifestos, that the duty bearers critically think about the political economy of hunger and put in place structures and mechanisms to be able to address the issue of food security in Kenya and actualize the right to food. We therefore recommend that the elected government places food and nutrition security at the top of national agenda. We want to see food placed at the same level with national security because we know that without food security, we cannot talk of national security.
The coalition called on Kenyans to demand politicians to address food security issues as a matter of urgency, as a recent report released by National Drought Management Authority indicates over 4.1 million Kenyans are at risk of starvation. Dr. Martin Oulu, a coordinator at Intersectoral Forum for Agroecology and Agrobiodiversity, stressed on the need to transform the country's food system. We need researchers on board and co-creation and co-production of knowledge. We need to work with uh, farmers. And I think this is how we should uh, address these issues of the right to food. That it's not just the agriculture sector, but also just uh, you know issues of, of finances. How do we uh, ensure that we talk with them, they understand uh, why this is important, have more of these conversations, not just with those we are used to, uh, but reach across the aisle and see how can we be able to achieve the right to food by working and holding our hands together. As Kenyans prepare to vote on 9th August this year, farmers are optimistic that with the new government in place will strengthen the sector and increase food production. Reporting for RFI's Africa Calling, this is Victor Muturi in Kiambu, Kenya. Africa Calling, produced by Radio France International. In Kibera, Nairobi, due to the contested nature of the elections, Kenya has witnessed election-related violence that led to the destruction of property, loss of lives, and general disruption of life. In a bid to create awareness about the dangerous effects of political-related violence, some homegrown artists are creating various art forms to inform the community about the need to uphold peace during and after the elections. Correspondent Ayub Mwangi toured the Kibera slums, which was a focal point for violence in the past, and spoke to artists who are determined to make a change for the better. The election campaign period is here, and the politicians will go to any lens, including creating community division, to ensure that they are elected. In Kibra, Nairobi's biggest slum, six kilometers south of the city, the walls have been silent witnesses to the various social, economic and cultural issues that face the community. This includes the violent aftermath of contested elections. On the face of it, Kibera is an estate full of life. Even music artists are inclined to praise the estate. But below the value of fast-moving life is a wounded community that in every election cycle has paid the price of ethnically divisive and highly contested elections. Life and property have been lost as agitated youth join their leaders to protest the electoral wins of their opponents. The area witnessed violence in 2007, 2013, and 2017. This after claims elections were rigged against former Prime Minister Raira Odinga, whose community dominates the area and has represented the area in Parliament as its legislator. Aware of the cost of the divisive elections, some artists have come out to sensitize the community about the dangers of violence and the need to observe peace before and after the elections. So, Faith Atieno, popularly known as Fei, is a celebrated graffiti artist who runs the Kibera 360 Art Center. The that four-year-old mother of one says she has chosen to use paint to help her community observe peace. 
nakaa na watu wengi especially kwa community yangu I live in this community and there are times when there is no peace not all of us have a voice as an artist I paint pictures and words on walls so mimi kama msanii so people can see the messages and communicate about the issues that I feel need to be changed this is so we can have peace in Kenya and especially in Kibera especially Nairobi Kenya Kibera When there is violence the community suffers immensely due to the lost opportunities and Atieno says there is need to keep spreading the message of peace to guard against loss of life and property The elections will be held for just a single day after that we still need to live as a family and as a nation if we fight we won't enjoy peace the youth also need opportunities and fighting will deny them those chances and as a nation we will have lost a lot children can't vote but we shouldn't show them the divisive side of elections Yeah, election. At the Arts Center, I meet George Otieno Uma, also known as Jex Kenya, an Afropop musician. He uses music to reach out to the youth, most of whom find themselves at the center of violence. Vijana wengi, mayuths wanapenda kusikiza music modern modern music so kwa muziki yangu many youths like listening to modern music i write songs of peace to tell the youth that we need to live together we should be united and not hold grudges against one another peace starts with me and if i have a grudge against my friends we won't have peace i want my friends to spread the same message out there andika kwa peace yangu mabeshti wangu wasikie muziki yangu wataenda ku spread out there unaona Oma notes that music has the capacity to spread good energy amongst the youth. Music has power. The more a young man listens to music and hears that you are preaching peace, the more the music will compel them to try and stop the violence. I feel that there is good energy that is spread through music and youths behave accordingly to the lyrics of the music they listen to. Oma also implores the youth to love and care about one another because whether the candidates they support win or lose life remains the same for the youth music ikona power The politicians you love or hate may be elected and there is nothing that you can do life will continue the politicians won't give you food you will still go back to your daily life while he pursues his interests no change will happen so whoever wins let's keep the peace na lyrics zenye zime happen kwa hiyo muziki it's a peace we need it's a peace we want it's a peace we need it's a peace we want it's a peace we desire from the arts center i visit kibera town center a magnificent building at the heart of kibera here i find daniel okoth a music producer who says he's behind the production of songs that speak against violence Here in Kenya we have even people who sing vernacular you know that they sing to communicate to the people in the rural areas so it's my responsibility to collect the data and to make sure that it reaches to the people I have this young generation who sing with the language of this shanty shanty towns like Kibera here we have this language known as sheng you know people just praying you know for their for the country forever in boa the executive director of agape women and child empowerment foundation the intensified nature of peace campaigns should help kibera maintain peace this year
Using art as a message of peace has been of great impact to our community. Through this, I would encourage that we continue doing more of it because the information leads a larger perspective of the community. Areas that have not been captured by murals and are known as maybe areas of violence and conflict, we can use that as a platform to share peace messages. The 2007 post-election violence was probably the worst form of violence that Kenya witnessed with more than 1,100 people killed during protests over stolen elections. The country also witnessed violence in 2013 and in 2017. In 2017, between 33 and 50 people died in Kibera, according to a report by Amnesty International and Human Rights Watch. This year, the slum area is largely peaceful and expectant that former Prime Minister Raira Odinga will win the elections. Odinga also enjoys support from returning President Uhuru Kenyatta, a rival-turned-supporter. And the artists hope and pray that peace will prevail in Kibera and other parts of the country and that there will be a peaceful transition. Reporting for Radio France International Africa Calling Podcast, I am Ayub Mwangi in Kibera, Nairobi, Kenya. Check us out on Twitter, Africa underscore underscore calling. We're at Africa underscore underscore calling. We're almost at the end of our program, but we have music maven Alison Hurd in the studio. Hi, Alison. What song do you have for us? Hi, Laurangelo. So for the last Africa Calling with the current format, I wanted us to go out with a bit of a bang. Mm-hmm. So who better than Benin's Angelique Kijo? She's such a huge international star. Her latest album is called Queen of Sheba. Mm. It was recorded with the Franco-Lebanese trumpeter Ibrahim Malouf, and it bridges African and Middle Eastern cultures. The album is a a tribute in a way to powerful women the world over, and it was inspired by the ancient myth of King Solomon and Queen of Sheba. Remember, around 30 centuries ago, the queen travelled from Ethiopia to Jerusalem to bring the king spices, but also riddles to check his reputation as having, you know, great wisdom. (laughs) Uh, So the story appears in the Bible, but also in the Quran, in the Talmud, and in a lot of Ethiopian literature. Kijo sings in Yoruba and she's modernized the riddles to really bring out this power play between men and women. I've picked the song Ogbo, it means flax, and it's basically the answer to the riddle, it is the glory of the rich and the shame of the poor. And the song is full of Kijo's characteristic high energy, it's a complete inspiration, and I do hope you like it. Excellent. Thanks so much, Allison. And thanks for listening to our Kenya election special, season two, episode 23 of Africa Calling. We'll leave you with African powerhouse Angelique Kijo. And as Allison said, it's our last podcast of the season, but we'll be back soon with a new format and more great reports by African journalists on the continent. I'm Laura Angela Bagnetto. This episode was edited and recorded by Nicolas Doho and Cecile Pompiani. Goodbye for now. Geral, Toria para o fim da camaré, e o meu dia de